Welcome to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, joined by editor of BamaCentral.com, Christopher Walsh. Me and Chris are here talking uh, moments after the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, Chris, great night. A um, little bit of a normal, a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. Um, how great was it for you to, you know, to be able to cover, you know, an event again and to be able to have the draft? Well, it was definitely different. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I, I think I counted it out that this was like my 25th draft between NFL and college. And they're all a little crazy. They're all a little different. Uh, this one, you know, Alabama having four four picks out of a you know out of ten uh, made things a little crazier than usual. Uh, so I, I'm still a little in the stunned and recovery stages. But uh, you know, good night for good night for the guys who were taken. That's for sure. Definitely, and you know. And obviously being virtual, uh, everybody is, 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 you know, they're bunkered away in their homes and their, you know, their, 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 their home made war rooms, essentially. Uh, you know, I thought it, there was going to be more glitches. I thought there was going to be more technological issues. There, there really wasn't. Yeah, it went really smoothly. And the broadcast, I thought, for how they had to piece it together went really well. And that's a credit to uh, the NFL Network, but especially ESPN, uh, because my understanding was that Basically, the ESPN people kind of took it over. But <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, the biggest surprise for me was that there 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 wasn't more um, trades. It was pretty straight up for the most part. And so, in terms of you know, I I really thought that something weird was going to happen. You know, like right around pick three, four, or five, and then the whole draft was going to go off the rails. It, it, it really didn't happen. I mean, granted, there you know the Giants taking um, Thomas from from Georgia was a little bit of a surprise, but I mean that guy's that guy's a freak. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna anchor Georgia's tackle spot for ten years easily. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just it, I thought it was gonna be weirder to be honest. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And let's go ahead and dive into the biggest storylines of the night. Um, we'll start with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. You, you know, Chris, it was – and I, I kept telling people around me, I'm like, you, you guys honestly can't believe the Herbert talk, right? Like, you can't believe that Justin Herbert is going to go over to – I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that an organization who had made a mistake um, before passing on Drew Brees, uh, you know, you think about in free agency – uh, back then when, when when Coach Saban was there. But you, you think of you know, what was at stake there. You have a player who is electrifying. Um, he's the one who ignites a fan base. Um, and is, you know, he, he has the chance to be the lifeblood for the years to come. And um, and Justin Herbert just didn't, bring, you know, in my eyes, didn't bring that. And so, I, I, you know, the whole entire week I'm thinking about, I'm like, man, there's no way that this is going to happen. And then when there was reports saying that they wanted to trade up to get a tackle, um, that didn't really make sense either because there were so many good tackles, you know, you could just kind of, you know, you know, pick from Wirfs, Wills, uh, Thomas, or um, even even Austin Jackson, who the Dolphins ended up getting at eight at eighteen. Um, you know, but when it happened, it just it all makes sense, and it was it was all it was all smoke. That's really what it was, and I'm um, just really happy for Tua. I think this is a really good spot for him, um, where he can grow into that next level quarterback and that franchise guy. But yeah, I mean, this is this was what the Dolphins' plan all along was going to be, um, and it was it was just really cool to see it unfold. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, this is why we started talking about smoke screens a long time ago. And the Dolphins were trying to put up as, as best of one as they could, obviously. But, you know, the fact that Miami traded away so many guys last year, and I was getting to the point, I was like, if they don't take Tua, uh, I'm ready to write off this, not only, you know, this team, but, you know, the management and just about everyone with the organization, because it was just, I thought it was going to be a really stupid move. Um, but, you know, fortunately it's, it's, they, they kind of came back and, um, you know, the whole tanking for two with thing. And, and after all that stuff that happened, uh, I, you know, it's, he's going to own that town. You know, he is going to be a star in Miami. I have absolutely no, no doubts. He is a phenomenal talent. I think he is going to be uh, a, a terrific pro. And so, you know, I'm really happy for him. And, and granted, I, I wish he had gone a little little higher than, than fifth, but uh, all's well, I guess, is, is what you say there. And, and so that kind of worked out. Still making a lot of guaranteed money for sure, uh, being in that top five. Um, you know, and one, one side note to this, um, Tua mentioned, uh, and it was either an interview with ESPN or with local reporters afterwards, he was like, you know, I'm obviously headed down to Miami, but my parents are probably going to stay in Alabama. And so, Chris, I can only imagine right now on the message boards, um, kind of when you think about Alabama football, you think of Talia, his younger brother, you think of his situation, what might happen with him, um, you know, to, to come, you know, um, is, is there another place for him? So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know, as a family and where, where Talia goes too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it's that's got to play out a little bit, obviously. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but it's a very tight family and you know, it's, they can, they can afford to go back and forth now. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I want, I want to get on to Jedrick Wills now. Um, yeah. You mentioned it. Andrew Thomas. That was, that was the thing, the biggest qualm I had all night with, with any pick um, because you know, I, I guess it goes back to you couldn't go wrong with any of the four uh, main offensive tackles. Um, but I just, you know, Wills. Um, when you talk when you talk about in terms of ceiling, um, in my opinion, you know, Wills was offensive tackle number one in my eyes, and uh, and Andrew Thomas. Uh, you know, you just you, it was it was kind of at a left because you you knew he might be there in the teens, you know, around eighteen potentially, or maybe he wouldn't even fall that far. Um, but you because you 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 read the rumors, you listened to the rumors about the Giants in love with Wills or Worfs at four, um, and Dave Gettleman had everyone fooled right here. Um, but then when that happened, I was like, okay, well, Jedrick might you know begin to fall a little bit, and then at eight when Arizona drafted, they got Isaiah Simmons. And then I'm like, okay, he's really going to fall now. And he ends up at 10 to the Cleveland Browns. And yes, it is a troubled, you know, it's a troubled franchise, but this is a place where he can make an immediate impact. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield is really happy right now. Yeah. I, just going back to, you know, the, how it all kind of developed. I mean, you know, the Giants, I thought, you know, they could have traded back or traded down a little bit and still got Thomas. So that's, that's really where I kind of question, you know, why they took him there. Although, you know, like I said, Thomas is a, is a physical freak and he's going to be a, a, a great pro. I think that what happened with the Cardinals was they had somebody fall in their lap that they didn't think was going to be there. And that was Isaiah Simmons. It just too good to pass on him. So 
Then Wills drops down to the Browns, and I'll bet you the Browns are doing cartwheels because they didn't think he was going to be um, available there. So you you see how kind of the dominoes all fell um, right there, and it's you know I, I I think it's a great pick for the Browns. Um, he is is going to stabilize, help stabilize that line, and really help them. Uh, good scheme for him for him to to play in. So uh, good fit there, and and it, it that's going to work out really well, I think. I think he's now the 11th offensive lineman to go in the first round under Nick Saban. Uh, you know, we just had a story up on Bama Central right now. You know, another first round in the books, more history for Nick Saban um, in Alabama. It's crazy to think about because when Tua landed in the first round, that meant that Nick Saban became the first coach in modern history, in modern uh, draft history, to have a player selected at all 22 positions on the field in the first yeah. round. No, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tip of the hat that Nick Salmon does. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Um, but then, you know, you look at that 11, Makai Becton from Louisville, he goes to the Jets. And then um, this draft, I mean, yeah, there was, you know, obviously four quarterbacks taken Burrow to uh, um, Herbert. And then you had Jordan Love. Surpri- that, that move surprised me. Um, I want to get your opinion on that real quick, Craig, because you're because you're a Minnesota guy, so you're 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 you know you're well entrenched into that division. What was your what was your thoughts on that? Because I mean, a lot of people were taking that as man, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably shocked. He's probably surprised. Maybe you know a little bit of slap in the face not to get weapons up there in Green Bay. I tell you what, Green Bay has a long tradition of of drafting quarterbacks, developing them, and then. You know, if they don't, if they don't have, end up starting, they trade them. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of the exception. But uh, when I covered the Packers, I mean, see, Mark Burnell was there, uh, Hasselbeck uh, went through, Aaron Brooks was there. You know, and they all went somewhere else, and they ended up being starters. So uh, Brian Gutekunst is, is a general manager there, and he was a, a scout for the Packers at that time. Ron Wolf was a general manager um, when when I first got there, and he actually retired while I was there. Ron. Ron Wolf is, you know, he's a legend in in when it comes to being a GM. So uh, I thought it was a very, very interesting move. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is kind of like, well, that's kind of, you know, ironic in a way because, you know, they, they kind of did the same thing. They brought him in and then he ended up taking over for Favre. And, you know, there's Aaron Rodgers is arguably as good, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, he's getting to that point where it's, you know, what's is, is how much longer is he going to be there? And, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers wants to play somewhere else, you know, at, at, at some point kind of thing. So uh, it's an interesting move. I, 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 I thought it was, in, you know, somebody asked Gutekunst, you know, if uh, he had talked to Aaron Rodgers and he said, no, I haven't talked to him yet. So uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation moving forward. But, you know, I, it's, I don't think love is ready to start anyway. So it's, he's going to go in and he's going to develop regardless, you know, a team that really needs a quarterback like new England, you know, you kind of wonder what they're going to do, but there are some really good free agent quarterbacks out there still. So uh, I bet you they draft somebody tomorrow and they sign a free agent uh, moving forward. And, you know, as, as with this being, you know, a quarterback first round, um, it was, it was more wide receiver heavy. Um, Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver to come off the board, and uh, you know he he's the first ever Las Vegas Raider 
pick, you know, that's an honor in and of itself, moving to a new city, moving in the Sin City. So um, great for Henry. Uh, you know, I, I, was a, I wasn't too surprised that he was the first um, wide receiver off the board. I thought it would be Jerry and then C.D. Lamb and then Henry Ruggs. Um, but it, it was it was really cool to see Henry go at 12 and then Jerry be the second receiver off the board at 15 to the Denver Broncos. Two things about Ruggs um, that, that jumped out for me. Number one, the bathrobe was my favorite moment of the entire draft tonight. I, yes, yes. I, I love that. And a bathrobe in Las Vegas, uh, you know, um, okay. Um, and the other thing is, is the Raiders organization, when Al Davis was running it, this is exactly the kind of guy not only would he have gone, gone out of his way to get, he would have traded up to get Ruggs. I mean, I, I have no doubts about that. So it's a very, very fitting draft pick for for that organization. And and I'm thrilled for him. I mean, that's, you know, he's he's going to do well in, in John Gruden's uh, team and offense. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr's got to be pretty happy right now. Um, and, but, you know, Jerry Judy dropping down to number 15. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. And. Uh, I bet you the, the Broncos are thrilled. I mean, granted, the Broncos hadn't taken an Alabama player, I think, since 2002. I think that's right. Um, no, it's, it's they had the longest drought. Um, no, 1990. Anyways, it was it was 20 years. Um, yeah, well, they hadn't drafted it. They were them and the Eagles hadn't hadn't drafted a uh, Nick Saban era player. Yeah. Um, and both of them, it was uh, it, it, it went back to wide receivers. See now I gotta look it up. It's 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 that's like my favorite stat, um, and then I just botched it. So that kind of tells you what 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 kind of a long day that we had. Um, and I can't find it. It figures. It's in one of the stories on the site. I promise you guys. It's in my story. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. Um, yeah, the last the last Broncos player taken two thousand four, and it was uh, the wide receiver Luke. Um, and uh, um, Freddie for the Eagles two years before that. So the Eagles now have the longest drought among uh, Alabama players. Okay, sorry for the rambling. I just I had to get that out of my system. Um, yeah, it's it's I, I that's going to be great for Jerry Judy. I mean, granted he dropped a little bit, probably more than he wanted to, but uh, good fit, good offense. He's he's gonna he's gonna do really well there. Yeah, I, and uh, you know, you go back to the robe that Rogues was Rogues was wearing. You know, Tua he's rocking a three piece suit, and then it flashes to Rugs, and he's got the Old Spice robe on there. Um, <laughs> and it was, I mean, that was that was classic. That was awesome. But no, the pure, the, I think um, along with Tua and every, everybody else did. But I thought Rugs really showed his emotion. You know, when he got the phone call, just you know, crying with his family. That's that's what you look forward to when you watch the draft. You know, just as a fan, just as you know, as, as someone who covered it, you just that's what you love. You love seeing the emotion and seeing with the hard work and dedication um, being recognized and celebrated. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously he's going to be a great fit. Think about this, Chris, in the AFC West, you have um, you know the speedster uh, Henry Ruggs. Um, and then you have Jerry Judy now. Then you have uh, Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs. I mean, opposing defensive backs in that division. I mean, good Lord. Good luck trying to keep up with those guys. Yeah, and then, you know, you see the Chiefs go out and, and they close the first round by taking LSU running back Clyde Edwards. Um, Hilari, I mean, the guys, I, what a great pick by the Chiefs because, you know, they're they're a team that they think they're trying to add pieces to make another run. So, I, I really I like that move, even though I I think they could have traded down and gotten him, but 
uh, it's just speed kills, you know, at, at that level. And Henry Ruggs is still someone who's figuring out the game. I mean, he didn't start playing football until midway through his high school career. And now he's a first round pick. I, you know, I, you're going to see some teams looking for some, for some defensive backs tomorrow though. So uh, Xavier McKinney and, and Trayvon Diggs, I don't think they're going to be around long. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into real quick on the uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I thought he was my he was my running back one in this draft. I thought he was I thought he was better than DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor just because you know he catches the ball out of the backfield. He does so much, and I was hoping I was like, well, I'm not to say I was hoping, but I was like, if he goes to the Bucks. I mean, he's he's perfectly built to play with Tom Brady. Um, just that kind of speedster back, and just he he he's like a better James White, basically. Um, but no, so getting on to the Alabama players who didn't get drafted in the first round, you know, because every you know all four guys went in the top fifteen, and so I was thinking, you know, there's a great chance that Xavier McKinney now can go probably in that back end with the Dolphins because they needed a defensive back. They ended up getting um, Noah. I don't. I can't pronounce his last name. I don't want to butcher it this late at night, but. Um, his, I mean, he's, he's, you know, outstanding corner from Auburn, but, um, I thought they would get Xavier McKinney there. I think him and Trayvon Diggs, I mean, like you said, they're not going to last long. Um, but whoever gets those, uh, in the first round, um, or in the second round, excuse me, I mean, they're going to get, you know, first round quality players right there. And I actually, I think the bears, um, are likely now to get Diggs if he does fall, um, a couple a couple spots in the second round because there's been some reports that that the Bears front office is just like they 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 want Diggs and they want Diggs bad. <laughs> well, they're picking at 43, and you know a couple teams that need some secondary help are ahead of them, like the Dolphins, the Giants. You know, New England hasn't made a pick yet. They they're going to be picking at number 37. Um, so that's one, two, three. That's the fifth pick tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's you know. <laughs> A guy that that's going to be really interesting to watch tomorrow, I think, is going to be uh, Terrell Lewis. You know, the linebacker, just because he's got so much raw talent and potential, uh, I could see him going pretty early tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, Raekwon Davis, he's got the size of a first rounder. You know, it's it's there's going to be it, there's probably going to be at least four guys from Alabama taking tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I can. I can see that. Diggs, McKinney, Lewis, and Davis um, would be the favorites to go. Um, and then you know potentially. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I was going to say Cheyenne Carter, but there. I mean, he he could go to the back end of the third round. Who knows? Or Anthony Jennings probably before him. So. I, I'd be surprised if Carter went tomorrow. But um, another guy to keep an eye on tomorrow was Jalen Hurts. Yes. Uh, I, I I didn't realize we were count. I mean, yeah. I didn't think I didn't think of Jalen there for a second, but yeah, I can definitely see Jalen going in the second round. Um, I think I told you this maybe in the forum, but I'm like, I can definitely see a team think talking themselves into thinking he's maybe the next Lamar Jackson. Because um, I was telling a buddy the other day, I think Jalen Hurts right now, coming out of college where he is throwing the football, is better than where Lamar was throwing the football when he was coming out of Louisville. And um, I, I think, yeah, I think if you take a risk with him, um, or if you go to a team like the Colts, like you talked about on the site, where has an aging quarterback that could only be there for maybe one, two years max, um, then he's a perfect fit there. Yeah, I think the Ravens would be interesting to be actually Jackson's backup, same system. So, you know, if something happens to him, you can plug in Hurts. That, that's, a, that's a possibility, and the Ravens have got two picks tomorrow. Um, you know, a couple other teams, you know, when – when when I kind of projected the Colts, it was 
I was looking more at like, you know, who needs a quarterback and how badly do they need a quarterback kind of thing. And the fact that love's already gone, I, I think is going to make, it's going to help hurts tomorrow because if you need a quarterback, you probably can't linger too, too long without taking, taking a guy. Well, you mentioned him earlier, uh, the hood, AKA Bill Belichick, AKA the Patriots are, are sitting there and I, I've said it, uh, they're, they're going to get an Alabama player. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, but I, I think, I mean, you mentioned Terrell Lewis and Raekwon Davis. I think those are two prime candidates to end up in new England. I put my money in between if if we're if we're talking tomorrow, I put my money on Terrell Lewis. Just too much upside, too good. Um, physically, he's a freak. If if he can if he can just avoid the health you know the health issues a little bit, he could really thrive in that defense. He could, he really could. And um, and Chris, thank you for hopping on here to you know give a little bit of instant reaction to the first round of the NFL draft. It was exciting. I had a blast. Um, hopefully the last virtual one though, because I did miss out on, uh, um, the booze too. I did like the, the boo, the commish that they did that Bud Light partnered with the NFL. That was funny. Um, I did miss that, but I also just missed, you know, the fans, just the energy, just the, uh, the crowd reaction too to the picks is always great. Um, but yeah, look forward to two more, you know, really fun filled days of, uh, of the NFL draft and seeing where all these Alabama guys end up. You know, it's, you were talking about their seeing the reaction of the players and how much fun that was with those four guys going in such, you know, rapid fire succession. I didn't get to see the reaction of any of those guys. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to tomorrow when they do the buildup and they start showing up, you know, showing what happened on the day before I'll actually get to see some of the things that I missed. Uh, Just, but we're going to be doing the same thing uh, Friday night. We're going to have complete coverage on Bama central and we'll have, you know, continue to have every single pick, comments, videos, everything that you can imagine. Well, one quick note on the broadcast. What they need to do is they need to say, hey, we're going to have, you know, a rotating camera going to be on the players that's going to go through that, you know, the 60 webcams they have or, you know, that are set up in the homes. We're going to go through that on one channel. We're going to go through the different war, war rooms on the other channel. And then the other one just have a normal broadcast with like the Mel Kuypers, the Daniel Jeremiah's. I think that'd be interesting instead of having, you know, two channels showing the same broadcast or three channels showing the same broadcast. But just just a thought, just a thought. We'll forward it out. We'll forward that to our competition. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This has been the All Things Bama podcast.